Hello, and welcome to episode 135 of Travel Stories from the Back Again and Gone podcast, being recorded in the beautiful home office of Chateau Relaxo, Florida. And yes, once again, it's time for that March crazy travel roundup. Thanks for listening. Hello, if you are a new listener, welcome. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. And yes, it's time for another monthly crazy travel roundup. And as we lead off with our first couple of stories, we might relabel this. Welcome to Florida, and please bring your craziness. This first story has a very 1997 Mike Tyson Evander Holyfield vibe to it. Live 5 WCSC gives us United Passenger bites his seatmate's ear off after using the lavatory. John Yurkovich, age 45, was an American Airlines passenger flying from Newark, New Jersey to Miami, Florida. That was until his flight was forced to land in Charleston, South Carolina. Not a bad stop if that was your planned destination. Yurkovich got up from his seat to go to the restroom and returned a short time later and seemed very agitated, becoming restless and bouncing around in his seat. Next, he asked a flight attendant for some water and then rose to retrieve what appeared to be pills from his carry-on bag. That's when things started going sideways. As he sat back down in his seat, he began to scream and thrash around. The police report stated, The first victim said that he held his arm up to protect himself from being struck and said the man struck him with a closed fist on the right side of his face, causing his glasses to break. And, oh, yeah, along the way, he got his ear chomped down on. A second victim said the man struck him and may have caused a broken nose. Police talked to a third victim who said that he was punched in the head as well. A passenger, a.k.a. the story's hero on the plane, identified himself as a physician, and he told police that he administered a shot of Benadryl to the man's buttocks to help sedate him. But wait, there's more. An officer said he located 1.5 grams of a substance on Yurkovich, which field tested positive for meth. In court, Yurkovich disputed the meth charge, It's not what they say it is. That's a special kind of, uh, it's a cat tranquilizer, actually. It's not what they're saying it is. Well, after which the judge set bond at $50,000 for Yurkovich, and kind of sad he didn't make it all the way to Florida. Waiting in the wings after that story is flight breaks out at Fort Lauderdale International Airport after travelers refuse to wear, guess what? Masks. WSVN News Miami gives us three passengers got into a fight at the Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport when some of the travelers refused to wear face masks and then got kicked off the plane, leading to a flight delay. Cell phone video captured the woman involved in the scuffle as they exchanged blows at FLL's American Airline Terminal. So you ask, how did this brawl happen? Great question. When deputies escorted the women back to the terminal, officials said they were met with booze from frustrated passengers waiting at the gate. Completely understandable. 
Moments after the ball broke out, a BSO, a Broward Sheriff's officer, is seen pulling one of the women away as another one lay on the floor. The video, while filmed in portrait orientation, does show the women punching each other and pulling, you guessed it, hair. Once again, thank you, Florida. Let's head a little bit northwest for this next one. Man faces stiff prison sentence after urinating on his seat during Alaska Airlines flight. This is from Live and Let Fly. Landon Greer faces up to 20 years in jail and a $250,000 fine after refusing to wear a mask and then standing up and urinating on board an Alaska Airlines flight. According to an FBI affidavit, Greer admitted to having several beers and a couple of shots. Remember that, a couple of shots before boarding his flight. He claims that the only thing he remembered was that he fell asleep but was later shaken awake and yelled at by the flight attendant who told him he was peeing. The FBI report notes that Greer had no recollection of urinating in the cabin or hitting the flight attendant. Of course he didn't. Now remember, Landon claimed to have had a couple of shots. Now remember in episode 133 when we discussed the newly opened shot bar at the Seattle-Tacoma Airport, SeaTac Airport? Well, one guess as to which airport Landon's flight departed from, yep, SeaTac. Less than a month out of the gates, and we have our first incident. This next one has a bit of an international flair. comes from the India Times. Female passenger tied to seat on Russian flight after she repeatedly tried to take off her clothes. In a very bizarre incident, a woman was tied to her seat after repeatedly trying to take off her underwear mid-flight. This shocking episode is said to have taken place on a Russian flight about 15 minutes after it had left. According to the reports, the 39-year-old woman appeared disoriented on the flight and began to wander aimlessly around the cabin and then refused flight attendants' directions. Then began to take off her clothes and then began to put them back on. After being insisted multiple times to stop from the flight attendants, the woman paid no heed and continued with her antics. The cabin crew was left with no option but to take a drastic measure. With the help of passengers, cabin crew restrained the woman using a rope, a seat belt, and sticky tape. And I guess in Russia, sticky tape is our equivalent of duct tape. The woman was tied to her seat for the remainder of the flight. Now, the easy kicker to this story would be something along the lines of if she had insisted on removing her clothing, she just might have enjoyed the whole rope, seat belt, and sticky tape part. But the story said she was disoriented, not drunk, not high, but disoriented, and there is a huge difference. This reminds me of a, it's not really a travel story, but it's a story from 1993, 1994, we were in our first home that we had bought in Lawrenceville. Everybody's first home was in this this neighborhood. We were all first-time homeowners. Next-door neighbor was a single lady. She worked down in Buckhead, a nice area of uh, financial district of Atlanta. And she had a Acura Vigor. And at the time, the Vigor was a pretty, pretty popular car. Everybody had the two-door model. She bought a sedan. It was kind of a seafoam green. It was a unique color. Really nice-looking car. So one day I'm coming north on 85 uh, from downtown and right before Jimmy Carter Boulevard, I look at the exit ramp and there is a four-door seafoam green Acura kind of pulled off in the, the median. So 
knew it had to be her car. There wasn't that many of them around. Went up to Jimmy Carter Boulevard, made a U-turn, came back, pulled behind her, walked over to the passenger um, side of the car. Taillight was broken out. The mirror on the passenger side was flipped forward, looked into the window, and she looked really disheveled. So like something was up. And she recognized me. I said, you know, what's going on? And she just kind of shook her head. So I said, you know, why don't you get in the passenger side? Let's get you out of here. Walk over to the driver's side. That driver's side mirror is flipped forward as well. And there's, you know, scratches down the door. And I'm like, what in the world happened? And this was a beautiful car and it was scratched up, but not really scratched up enough to where she had been in an accident. So we start driving up the uh, exit ramp towards, I, I don't know if it was uh, Shallowford Road or whatever it was. And all of a sudden she reaches over and grabs the passenger door handle. And I'm so I'm like, what? So I've got to reach across her and grab the the uh the armrest and kind of keep the door shut. We make it up to the to the traffic light or the exit ramp. And I'm like, I can't, I can't drive with her with like this. I'm scared to death. She's gonna jump out of the car. And so a woman sees her kind of struggling, walks over to the car and, and looks at her and goes, honey, is this man hurting you? And I'm like, oh, Lord, this is going sideways. And I quickly explained to her, I said, look, this is my neighbor. Something's not right. I, you know, my truck's right down at the bottom of the exit ramp. And so this was back in the early days of cell phone. The woman runs back to her car and gets her bag phone or whatever and calls 911. 911 was just right up the road, the station. They roll in behind us. I can finally take my arm or my hand off the armrest. They pull her out of the car and she's, yeah, she is just totally disheveled. And so they start talking to her. And then one of the EMT techs comes over and opens the back door of the car. And I'm like, you know, what are you guys looking for? Like some kind of, uh, you know, like a medical alert sticker or something. And they go, no, we just want to make sure there's child locks back here so you can take her home. And I'm like, I'm not driving any place with this woman. And so after a few minutes of convincing, they load her up in the uh, EMT and uh, take her off down to Brady, not Grady, but probably Emory Hospital or something. I park her car in the uh, quick trip parking lot, go back down to the ramp, get my truck. So as I headed home, I rolled up my street. She happened to live right next to me. And uh, all the houses had two single car garages. As I pull into my driveway, I look over. And the side of the garage where she did not keep her car, the garage door is completely open. And the side where she did have her car was bashed out like the Kool-Aid man ran through it. So apparently she was so disoriented, opened the wrong garage door, got into her car and backed through the closed garage door in turn, flipping the mirrors forward and scratching up the rear bumper. A few weeks later, she came home, and it was just one of those incidents that we never spoke about ever again. I think her brother had the garage door replaced within a day or so, but there is a huge difference between being disoriented and being drunk or high. Back to tonight's topic, View from the Wing asks a question. Marriott Hotel tries to charge guests 2% for paying with a credit card, and the question is, will it fly? The author, Gary Leaf, said this always seemed a strange practice to me. The cost of accepting credit cards is often lower than the cost of accepting cash or other forms of payment. True. People bounce checks, cash disappears, change gets miscounted, and employees sometimes pocket some of the cash themselves. Warehousing cash that needs to be taken to the bank can drive up insurance costs 
In contrast, credit card processing is electronic. It's easy to reconcile, and the funds are put straight into your account. Correct on all those points. However, the Marriott Weston in Fort Lauderdale Beach Resort in Florida is now charging guests a 2% fee for paying their bills with a credit card. My take, I get that using your American Express card to purchase a $2 bottle of soda cuts much of the profit out of the transaction for the retailer. Why? Because, well, American Express has some pretty high processing fees. But this is extreme. A 2% surcharge on a $150 room is, what, 3 bucks. And I'm willing to bet that this Marriott property's labor cost will be greater than $3 each in every time they have to either explain or argue with a customer about this surcharge. If Marriott was the least bit forward thinking with this policy, they would have at least excluded Marriott credit card customers from this policy and hopefully drive uh, some of those customers to take out a Marriott credit card. In my opinion, what really needs to be looked into is the exorbitant resort fees. I mean, this can be an additional 20 to I don't know, 10 to 20% of your daily room rate. And what do you get for a resort fee? Does anybody really know? So in the case of us, our favorite hotel is the Hilton by Disney Springs Resort, right down by Disney Springs. They do have a resort fee. Here's what you get. Guest internet access. So every non-resort property in the world doesn't charge for Wi-Fi. You get access to the Disney shuttle. Well, or I could walk across the street and take the free Disney buses at Disney Springs. I get two 16-ounce Starbucks coffees each day. I'm not a coffee person, but there's still a coffee pot in my room. Anyway, two 16-ounce bottles of water. I have yet to run into any front desk clerk at any hotel that won't give you a bottle of water for free if you ask nicely. Now, it might be water from Sam's or Costco or Publix. It may not be Dasani, but I've just never seen it happen. Now, you also get access to DVD Now rentals. Uh, yeah, okay, I can just watch Hulu or Netflix on my phone. You get $5 off tickets that are sold at the concierge desk. Well, if you're not familiar with it, the concierge desk is also known as the timeshare desk. You don't want to get stuck there, even for five bucks off a ticket for a family of four. And most people already have their ticket strategy planned out long before they hit Orlando. And of course, if you need to, you get free local calls if you're just not that satisfied with using your cell phone. In the case of that Disney Springs Hilton, I believe the resort fee is 30 bucks. So, you know, thankfully with Hilton's lifetime diamond status, they don't charge me for it. But for a long weekend, that's an additional $90 for some Wi-Fi and coffee. And don't forget, they also have a daily parking fee. So figure out that's an extra. It could be $120 every time you go down there. So think about it. I wouldn't be so concerned about the 2% surcharge uh, hotels. I'd be looking into those resort fees. This last one, View from the Wing, delivers it to us. American Airlines Passengers Brawl over who gets off the plane first. Again, Gary Leaf, he penned, this is the latest installment in everyone's airline passengers are spirit airlines passengers now because of low, low fares and little business travel to speak of. And Gary, he is correct. 
airlines are hungry for passengers. So the low budget spirit airlines, people that only flew spirit because that's all they could afford. They can now fly other airlines because those airlines have dropped their prices to be on par with spirit. Now the striking thing here though, is that the passengers were so anxious to get off the plane that they fought over who would get off first and ended up delaying the flight after getting off their plane. Gary goes on to write, there's no question that flying American Airlines domestic with tight seating and no seat back entertainment on what looked to be a completely full flight is an experience that you want to flee very quickly. And it's perfectly designed to raise tensions between everyone who is experiencing it. And again, Gary, I completely agree. However, the best part of the story, as it is most of the time, is the comments. One of them is, in Miami, the first ones to jump off and sprint off the plane are the same ones that were boarding in LaGuardia using wheelchairs. How about just another case of a girl's got to do what a girl's got to do? And the comment of the day goes to, if you must fight, do it once you're off the aircraft and once you've cleared the jetway so that you're not obstructing other passengers in the process. And I travel with a guy or in the past, I haven't been on a plane in a year that he's like me, always sits in the aisle, but his strategy is actually pretty good is he gets out in the aisle and he's a, he's of larger carriage like myself and he gets out into the aisle and then just puts his hands on the seat backs in front of him and just kind of stands and will actually go as far as to let the middle seat and the window seat passenger get out of their seats in front of them and holds up traffic. It's great. You can hear people groaning and moaning, but I've just, I've never understood the rush for the gate when you go to board a plane. I mean, I, I get wanting to get off the plane and get to whatever you're doing, but what is it? Does it take at least, uh, maybe an extra 15 minutes out of your life. If you're that concerned, get a seat up towards the front of the plane. If you want detailed show notes, links, and pictures, head over to podpage.com slash travel dash stories. That's podpage.com slash travel hyphen stories. If you have a question or comment, you can leave me a voicemail at anchor or email me travelfrick at gmail.com. That's travelfrick at gmail.com. As I always like to say, travel safe, stay safe, and thanks for listening.